0: Hello, my name is Victoria. Hello, my name is Akonji Hakim. Hello, my name is Obin Lanzukwe.
1: Hello, my name is Anna Mwangi.
2: Hello, my name is Andrew Gary, and welcome to Seismic Sound Off, in-depth conversations in applied geophysics, brought to you by the Society of Exploration Geophysicists. This episode is going to explore women in geophysics, those voices you heard at the top of the show were some of many that called in to leave questions for the first and only female president of the SCG, Sally Zinke, whom we will hear from later in this show. I will speak with former SEG president, Klaus Koster, who helped found the Women's Network Committee. We will hear stories from all around the world of female geophysicists, teachers, and mentors that have changed lives. And we want to hear from you, our listeners. You can email us at podcast at scg.org, or call us at country code plus 1-918-497-4627 with your comments and ideas for future shows. I am happy to introduce my special guest for this show, Maitri Irwin, chair of the Women's Network Committee and recently promoted to new manager of Exploration New Ventures South America and Nexon CNOC Limited. She will join me next. To get started, could you share the intent of the Women's Network Committee?
3: Um, yeah, sure. Quite simply, it is to promote greater female participation and leadership in geophysics worldwide. We wish to draw women to the profession and to make the SEG a more welcoming professional society for women.
2: What are the major objectives of the Women's Network Committee? What are some of your own goals as the chair?
3: First and foremost for me is uh, growing a community of mutual support for female SEG members and our allies. Next is to uh, raise awareness within the SEG about the issues experienced by women on the job as well as in the society. Um, We have a number of objectives from increasing women's membership to leadership roles and student mentoring to career advice, but it all comes back to a strong global community and awareness. As of 2015, women represent more than 30% of geophysics graduates, but account for only, say, 15% of the SEG membership, and I'm being generous. Um, Also, since the society's inception in 1930, only 5% of its elected leaders have been women. Uh, The Women's Network Committee is slowly but uh, successfully reversing this trend. Uh, For example, this year, I am so proud to say that the two presidential candidates, Anna Shaughnessy, and Nancy House are women. My own personal goals as chair are to increase our global focus to serve specific regional needs, to grow our online presence to reach more people, and to partner even more with other SEG committees, local chapters, student sections, and sister geoscience societies.
2: Building off that, the Women's Network Committee is adept at partnering with various groups, be it the SEG Wiki, AAPGs, Professional Women in Nurse Science, the Association for Women Geoscientists, this list could go on. Why does the WNC work so hard at partnering with these platforms and organizations?
3: So I'll speak to the wiki first. Uh, wiki in general is a great tool for information sharing and learning. There's so much information out there about pioneering and currently active women geoscientists and geophysicists in particular, but none of it is recorded in one place. The SEG Wiki uh, then is an invaluable medium for contribution, archival, and retrieval of such knowledge. As for the other professional societies you mentioned and more, uh, there are two things that unite these groups. And that one is the word geo, i.e., the earth, and next is a common cause. Ultimately, we are geoscientists and feminists. And change for women, especially in physical science professions, is slow. So if and when one of us finds a solution, it's incumbent upon us to share so we can all benefit from the learning.
2: We will hear throughout this episode, geophysicists and students highlighting a female geoscientist or colleague who made an impact, personal research, career in the field of applied geophysics. Who comes to mind for you, Maitri?
3: So there are many women who have made a positive impact on my life, including my own accomplished mother. and a number of women mentors whom I sought out and who took the initiative to find me. A female geophysicist whom I really admire and have pushed me to take chances is Maria Angela Capello, whom you know, and as we all know, is um, a super champion of diversity and change in the SEG. She's truly a multifaceted individual and we have so much in common, a love of science, leadership, music. Um, We both play a piano. World travel, the expat experience, a sense of humor. But what she has more than so many of us is this extraordinary energy and commitment, uh, a keen eye to strategy, and an unabashed support of women's rights and women in science and t- technology. You take one look at Marie Angela and say to yourself, I have no excuse to slack. And that is the kind of dedication and vision the Women's Network, as well as the SEG need, if they are going to be sustainable.
4: My name is Anastasia Galperina. From my mom, I heard many times that while she was young, she traveled a lot in Volgograd and Astrakhan region in the south of Russia or with her parents with seismic field crews so she was inspired from their very childhood with the geophysics she always told me that the people that work in the oil and gas sphere and partly in geophysics they are really great they are open they are very friendly it's really another world
5: this is john stockwell of the colorado school of mines In my opinion, the most influential woman geophysicist was seismologist Inge Lehmann. Lehmann wrote a paper in 1936 where she proposed the solid inner core fluid outer core model of the deep interior of the earth that we still use today. It wouldn't be until 1971 that every one of her interpretations were shown to be correct. So when you look at those diagrams showing the deep interior of the earth having a fluid outer core and a solid inner core, the first person to tell us about this was seismologist Inge Lehmann.
2: Klaus Koster is a geophysicist known for his work in multi-component acquisition, quantitative interpretation, seismic inversion, and time-lapse seismic methods. He was also the SEG president from 2010 to 2011 where he helped start the Women's Network Committee. I sat down with him to learn more about its origin story.
0: Back in October 2010, when I was still an an incoming uh, president-elect, I somehow heard about um, the AAPG's prowess program, their professional women's uh, network. I can't really remember how I picked that up. Perhaps through uh, one of the AAPG's uh, publications, and then I just wondered if uh, if that was maybe something SEG should be doing, if there was a place for that in uh, in our organization uh, or not. And it turned out that it was perhaps maybe a bit of a uh, a blind spot for SEG and not something that had been seriously considered uh, before and was deemed not necessary. So then it looked like the best way forward was to, uh, to get a number of people to, uh, to look into this possibility of forming a, uh, a women's network. And then again, somebody pointed me to Eve Sprunt. I, at that point, I have not met her at all. Of course, that turned out to be quite fortuitous because Eve Sprunt is, uh, a very strong, uh, volunteer with an excellent track record as, uh, as leader in volunteer organizations, and she's also a very strong advocate for, um, for professional women. Whoever pointed me to Eve, did us all a real favor. In 2010, we in the Executive Committee decided to put an ad hoc committee in place led by Eve Sprunt to advise us on the executive committee for the desirability of a professional women's network, and we found, I think, maybe half a dozen or so people who were willing to serve on that ad hoc committee. Well, Eve went about that very seriously, and she came back with her ad hoc committee to, um, to recommend in favor of forming uh, this, uh, this professional women's network within SUG. The executive committee approved that uh, recommendation. The rest is history, as they say.
5: I really like in that story about how you learned about it through AAPG and used your information that you gleaned from other sources to help benefit the SEG. I really like how how that all worked together.
0: Yeah, it's it's often how these things go, right? Uh, Not everything we do is... uh, Original uh, ideas, but not uh, shameless back borrow and stealing of what others already are doing and uh, and applying that within our own organization.
5: It's a very efficient way to to do things.
0: Yeah, and 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 then if you put the right people uh, on it, and Eve certainly was the right person at the right time for this initiative.
5: So sort of looking at the the committee's evolution over the last five years, have you found that it matched the vision that you and Eve and others had for it? And, and what are your thoughts about the committee as you see it today?
0: I think it meets what I was expecting of it. So of course, my expectations of this kind of committee have Probably matured over the over the years, right? Going in, I wasn't quite sure what the benefits would be of uh, of a network with, like that, but now that I've seen how it's actually working, I'm more and more convinced that that was indeed uh, a good decision. And the kind of indeed you know network it offers for female professionals within the SEG uh, is clearly something that is appreciated. Did you, during your
5: presidency, or have you seen it from other presidents at SEG, do what you mentioned of how you put in place the committee chairs yourself, as opposed to sort of going the common route of the committee recommending someone?
0: This privilege that the president has of uh, appointing chairs is, I think, not often abused in the way that uh, that I did, Right. I I saw it as a real opportunity to jumpstart some diversity in in SEG and get some new blood in the organization and therefore I I took the rather unusual step of parachuting into a committee a number of people who... uh, who were not necessarily familiar with the committee to begin with and uh, and certainly not uh, next in line to become the chair. So it took me a little explaining with the committee members why I was doing this and that it was not meant as a slide of their organization or their persons in that committee, but really nothing else than a way to get some young, new Block in the committees so that can then mature into S.E.G. leadership at some point, right? And I see that as a motivator as well, right? These, these people who, uh, who I appointed at the time are all energetic people that can do a whole lot. So to put them in a position in a, in a you know, maybe a junior member of a large committee yeah, that can also be somewhat off-putting because you really don't have that much influence, right? You're not necessarily having the idea that you're making an impact on uh, on SEG. So it's also an, a way to get <clears throat> new people in right immediately off the bat in a position where they have influence and where they can see that they can make a difference in, uh, in SEG and really help out, which can... In my opinion, be a real motivator to to uh, to stay involved.
5: What advice would you have for those young young members and young professionals within the SEG to feel like they can contribute to the society and and make a difference long term?
0: Yeah, this is maybe not not a, a very original answer, but I do certainly know for myself that the old. Encouragement to attend annual meetings or to attend SEG events in person and build this professional network with other people that are already active in SEG at committee chair level or uh, even board level within the SEG is certainly Going to be a real help if you aspire to do something where you can make a real impact on uh, on SEG, and for the rest, enthusiasm in, uh, in in what you're doing. Right, if you do get the opportunity to help out in a in a committee, make sure you make the most of it and try to make a real impact, and um, and you'll be noticed in that way. I'm called Andrew Katumwe,
1: Dr. Sally Barrett. She was a professor at ITC Daroft, Netherlands. She's now the CEO of GeoWitch Resources. She introduced me to the field of geophysics. She was my advisor, my mentor. The second one is Dr. Esther Atekwana, the Regents Professor of Geology now the head of department Boone Pickens School of Georgia Oklahoma State University. She's been my research advisor. She's inspired me in many things in the way she does her things, the way she does her research and her way of doing things is rather inspiring.
6: Thanks to my primary school geography teacher Mrs. Haina Zwonka who taught me who me how to love earth science, who showed me the beauty of that world, of world of wave propagation, wave of you know uh, processes on the Earth. I'm a geoscientist right now, <laughs> and what can I, what can, what can I, what can I say? If I had another geography teacher as a child, I definitely would not be a geoscientist right now, and I would not be on a NOAA meeting. New Orleans, and I would not get the first prize award for the best student chapter in the world.
1: And also, Dr. Laura Salpa, who is my advisor at the University of Texas at El Paso, she's a geophysicist. She really is the person who actually made me want, uh, made me uh, take up the challenge to do PhD. I really attribute. Uh, my success to her most of the times because she believed in me and first of all uh, we met in Kenya and she told me I could do it and I made my applications and she was very patient with me and now it's three years down the line. We have been able to do so much geophysics work. And at the same time, I also see her working in education programs where she's involved in helping teachers to be able to teach science to um, kids in uh, high school, kids in um, in the lower grades. So that's finally when they are able to come to university, they are able to sort of not to be afraid of the science, the science courses, the STEM courses. I have come to learn that Everything is possible. There's no impossibility. And so, yeah, she's the first person I would nominate. She has she has done a lot and is a great impact, uh, and especially for uh, women in leadership, she's one. Uh, she takes number one.
2: So, Maitri, Klaas mentioned how you were an original member of the ad hoc committee with Eve Sprunt before the WNC became official. What was it like being there at the beginning?
3: To tell you the truth, I first joined the SEG in 2002 as a student and then let my membership lapse because I just didn't see the organization as a good fit at that time. And then in 2007, Klaus asked that I renew my subscription and get involved at least via voting in elections and attending the annual meetings. So by the time 2011 rolled around, it was obvious to me and others like me that the society was ripe for an initiative like the Women's Network. So I was thrilled that the motion for the WNC passed, and here was a chance to participate, um, volunteer, and make SEG the organization that I wanted to be. So I remember emceeing um, and bringing in Alex Herger to keynote the very first Women's Network annual meeting breakfast, And Eve Sprint was just a great inaugural chair. She has so much drive and passion.
2: This episode is brought to you by the SEG Wiki. The SEG Wiki is the first publicly accessible and editable wiki dedicated to applied geophysics and the people and technology that support it. The 4th Annual Wiki Meetup will take place October 17th through the 19th from 10.30 to 2.30 p.m. daily in the SEG Pavilion during Annual Meeting at Dallas. To learn more about the meetup and how you can make a difference in the geophysical community, visit wiki.seg.org. Sally Zinke's enthusiasm for the SEG started early when she founded the student chapter of Penn State University. She has served as Secretary-Treasurer of the SEG, General Chairwoman of the Annual Meeting, Anna served as president of the Denver Geophysical Society. In 2000, she was elected the first and only SEG female president. With the help of SEG members and the geophysical community at large, you all called in to ask questions to Sally.
0: Hello, my name is Gülce Dinç, and I'm
6: a
4: geophysicist working in oil and gas industry in Houston, Texas. I would like to ask Mrs. Sally Zink what influenced her to become a geophysicist
7: well, I was always interested in math and science, even as a youngster. And I started at an early age being interested in physics. I took a physics class through a local university, college level in the fourth grade. And then a few years later, when I was in junior high, I had the opportunity to take a geology class from the same university, Washington University in St. Louis. Um, at the end of the semester, everybody in the class had to give a mini lecture on a topic that they had researched. Topics were assigned based on your age. And I got the last one because I was the youngest in the class. And it was related to earthquake seismology, which, to be really honest, did not thrill me at all. I could not think of anything that was just, you know, there were fossils, there were all kinds of fascinating things. And here I'm going to look at earthquakes. Okay. I did some research on the topic and got hooked. The idea of being able to describe the Earth's interior from seismic waves caused by an earthquake and recorded at the surface was fascinating. So I was hooked and looked only at colleges that offered Bachelors Degrees in geophysics, particularly those where I could pursue something related to earthquake seismology. I got a bachelor's degree from the University of Wisconsin in 1973, then had a summer internship with Mobile Oil in Denver. At that point, I had my first exposure to exploration geophysics, where I got to play with gravity and magnetic, seismic, had a 3D seismic survey that was printed on paper, and we had to roll it down the hall to see it all. So those things were very different for me at that point. I did then go back to school and got a master's degree from Penn State and returned to Mobile and Denver and Exploration Geophysics, which is where I spent the rest of my career. I really enjoyed Denver, I've really enjoyed Exploration, and it just tells you that you can't map your life in junior high and expect it to all go that way.
4: Hello Ms. Zinke, my name is Christopher Williams, I'm currently a third year Earth Science student at Memorial University of Newfoundland. As young, expiring geoscientists, I look up to people who have had successful careers, such as yourself. My question for you is if there has been any significant individuals who have provided mentorship and guidance to help you become the successful geoscientist you are today.
7: Well, I had a number of really great mentors along the way. Probably the most notable of those is Dr. Sigmund Hammer, who after he retired from golf research, came to teach at the University of Wisconsin. He was terrific, a great guy, thought the world of me, which helped me perceive what I could do with myself. Um, There have been a number of others who have encouraged me over the years. I've had some really good bosses, some not so good bosses, but I've probably found my own way a big percentage of the time. I also, have had very strong independent family members who have been fantastic role models to me. And I think it's always been very important to me to own who I am and own my mistakes, address them, fix them, move past them, and pretty much be my own person. So I'm not particularly good at following and may have had fewer mentors than some other people.
1: Hello, Sally. I'm Uni Park, studying at Inha University in South Korea. I would like to ask you that if you had any obstacles during your career in this industry and how did you overcome those?
7: Oh, I've had a number of interesting moments in my career, many of them frustrating and challenging. I guess I like to call them speed bumps, and I always try to remind myself that challenges or speed bumps generally lead to opportunities. Probably the one thing that shocked me the most occurred right after I left my job at Mobile Oil. I'd been hired to be the US Geophysical Manager for a large independent, only to discover that there were no other female professionals in the organization. The Human Resources Department couldn't seem to complete my paperwork as they were unsure if a woman could be hired at that level. The actual comment came across as, you hired a woman to do what and you're going to pay her what? I had to make a presentation at the next board of directors meeting to demonstrate my abilities. Thankfully, the gentleman who had hired me had not the slightest doubts. As with all of my challenges, I've had to prove that I have the ability to make important decisions. I knew that as a woman, I was a pioneer in this field and would have to make a very difficult path. I've accepted those challenges, hopefully with a good sense of humor and the love of my great friends. Thank you.
1: Hello my name is Ana Mwangi from the University of Texas at El Paso Um, my comment is first to congratulate Sally for a good job done and also having the courage to go for the SCG presidency that was a really um, that was it's really encouraging to us women and so my question is to you What motivated you at the time to run for the SCG presidency? I'm also curious to know um, what you are engaged in after the presidency.
7: In all honesty, I had no aspirations to run for the SCG presidency. It really came down to two past presidents individually cornering me on the topic. The first one told me how unworthy I was and made me cry in frustration. A great moment. The other told me the only way a woman could win was to run against another woman. I said I would have no part of such a stacked deck and that our membership was smart enough to vote for the best candidate without being forced to choose a woman. I was then told that I would definitely lose. Since it wasn't in my plan anyway, and by this time I was more than a little bit mad, I said, well, somebody has to be the first woman to lose. I've always had a bit of a mind of my own. As far as what I have done since. The presidency is a many-year stint from president-elect through being chairman of honors and awards seven years later. In between, there are a number of roles and committees through which the past presidents progress. Through that time, I worked for a small independent exploration company from which I retired in 2013 to consult and generally play a bit. I am currently on several advisory boards and work with a couple of youth nonprofit organizations.
0: Hello, my name is Amit Padi. I am a principal scientist- working for Halliburton. In your opinion, how significant is the impact of having different perspectives that is introduced by having a heterogeneous workforce on the application of geophysical technology to real-life field problems? Thank you.
7: I personally believe that brainstorming and problem-solving with individuals from diverse disciplines who have differing backgrounds and experiences is a wonderful thing. What is gained if the room only has graduates of a similar age from the same university who have always worked for the same company and never looked out beyond the blinders that this imposes? The bad news is that then you just keep making the same mistakes. I'm a firm believer that a man's reach should exceed his grasp or what's a heaven for, to quote, Robert Browning. Greatness is the result of seeking it, and looking beyond yourself is key.
0: So I was wondering, Sally, if you could give some insight on why you think that you have been so far the only professional geophysicist female who has been elected as president of the uh, SEG.
7: I am very mystified by this. I believe there are a number of personable, smart women in their 30s and 40s within our organization who are all very capable of strong, insightful leadership. They would bring great ideas and goals to the SEG. I find it disappointing that either the nominating committee is not digging deep enough to identify these young leaders, or perhaps worse, the young leaders are declining the opportunity to run for office. If you are in this category, please let your voice be heard.
0: Hello, I'm Victor Almeida,
7: a geophysicist in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. I'm a SEP alumnus from 2013. How to encourage more female students in geophysics? How SEG and us the members of the site can help in this goal. Many good programs are now in place to encourage more women to enter our field, but we must be diligent and proactive about maintaining and expanding them. Some universities have excellent mentoring programs, and local SEG sections have outreach programs to reach younger students. If you live far away from your own alma mater, I encourage you to connect with a local university mentoring program in your area, as I have. It is extremely rewarding and a great way to not only encourage young people, but also to learn a few things yourself.
4: Um, I'd like to know
6: how you balance raising a family and um, reaching the peak of the field of geophysics.
7: This is a trick question, right? There is no such thing. You need to identify your core values and goals and stay true to yourself. The priorities and multitasking will fall into place. Know that you cannot do it all. This is my biggest failing. Have a passion for what you do or cross it off the list. House cleaning's been crossed off my list for about 25 years. Live, love, and most of all, laugh often.
3: Hi, this is Elizabeth Ramsey. I'm a geophysicist at, or geophysicist in training at and North. In the petroleum industry, many often more senior professionals question the value of including geophysics in their analysis due to its high price tag and often uncertain subjective conclusions that answer fewer questions than desired. It is also noted that women tend to lack confidence and undervalue themselves and their work. How do you prove your worth to both your company and yourself in a time when mass layoffs are the norm without changing the nature of who you are and implying false confidence and threatening their own evaluations.
7: This is a tough one and unfortunately has applied to women even when times are good. First, I will say that management is short-sighted if they think this way. They're ignoring some of the best science and scientific minds they have and justifying it based on the cost of geophysical data and analysis. This is sort of like saying you really want to be driving a car without brakes and headlights since you don't need them all the time. And if you're only driving slowly and during the day, you can get along quite well without them. The only way I know to deal with this thought process is to always speak the truth without any hype. Upper management's job is to make the decisions, and your job is to provide the facts. So present the pros and cons in a straightforward and complete way with no lying by omission. By this I mean do not omit the bad stuff. They do their job best when given all the data and it is your job to lay it all out. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Then explain why your conclusions based on those facts are the most viable. Management will understand, make their decisions based on information, and trust you in the future to provide the straight story. In short, act like you wish to be treated, a competent, capable professional with a right to a seat at the table.
2: Ms. Zinke, you have seen many ups and downs in oil industry. What suggestions would you like to give to young professionals who are working in companies?
7: Ah, industry downturns. The reality is that many industries and career areas have cyclical or even boom and bust characteristics. Mining, petroleum, agriculture, construction, real estate. So my advice is to go back to your roots and do a little self-assessment. It's important to be honest with yourself as you do this. There are some important questions to ask yourself. Probably the first is, are you and your loved ones in a position to tolerate the volatility of a boom and bust industry? Then why did you become a geophysicist in the first place? This is perhaps the biggest key. If it was for the money, then your path forward may be clearer. If it was your technical, analytical nature and a keen desire to understand and unravel the great unknowns of the earth, then your choices will be a little tougher. Then consider what are your transferable and marketable skill sets? And are you geographically well-positioned to take advantage of the more limited opportunities that may exist in a shrinking market? Then think about what unique skills and capabilities make you essential to a company. Also, where are you in your career cycle? If you are nearing the end, maybe holding on is not the worst plan. And then if you consider education and past experience as sunk costs, what should your next career investment be? Remember that you did gain something from that education and experience, and it helped make you who you are. Many college-aged individuals are being told to expect two to four career changes. That's not different jobs. That's total career changes over their working span. If this is true, should you be considering your next big step? Some segments of geophysics are more sheltered than others. While they may not be as adventurous, they may be more stable for the long haul. Should you be considering finding such a niche? So, as you think about these things, it may be time to weather the storm by hunkering down, or it may be time to move on. Remember, there are also always new windows of opportunity being opened. Think reservoir management applications, CO2 sequestration, environmental, water, archaeological, and many that are just currently dreams. So choose wisely and have no regrets.
6: I have had the good fortune to know many women who have made a professional impact on my geoscience career and research. One that stands out was my undergraduate advisor at Western Washington University, Dr. Jackie Kaplan-Arbach, the volcano whisperer. Jackie has an infectious joy for geophysical research that she spread to me, providing me with incredible amounts of time and energy. Beyond being a fantastic geoscientist and researcher, Jackie is really cool, the kind of person I want to be as a professional. She raced outrigger canoes for the school team when earning her doctorate at the University of Hawaii. She sampled magma with a rock hammer. She was jogging during the Loma Prieta earthquake and had the unique experience of seeing the approaching Rayleigh wave and then toppling over it. I will always be grateful for the impact she made on me and the way she helped me see data processing as a creative endeavor that can provide insight into the incredibly large, powerful, and beautiful phenomena that shape our Earth.
4: My name is uh, Paulina Klarek. My major uh, was geology, but thanks to my faculty advisor, uh, Mrs. Aleksandra Redlińska-Marczyńska, I tried to explore the area of geophysics, and I was totally smitten with it. She encouraged me to participate in the SEG events, to learn from the best people in the field. When I had doubts or any kind of problems, Mrs. Radninska supported me all along my way. Just before the Challenge Bowl finals in Denver, I was totally stressed out and tried to look through all notes and materials from classes and workshops. Uh, She advised me to have fun and try to use it as a learning experience. Uh, Thanks to her, I was excited, but not blocked by stress, and everything went right. So, to sum up, I can say, uh, Mrs. Redlinska is the one who told me about the SCG. She was, and still is, uh, even after my graduation, my motivator and one of the biggest supporters among geoscientists.
2: Both Sally and Kloss offered advice to young professionals in the field. What would you say to the next generation of geophysicists?
3: So I have so much to say, but I would start with don't make yourself a one trick pony. Uh, take more geology classes, truly understand the Earth. Uh, the Earth is a complex, heterogeneous, anisotropic system, and without that geo part, you're just a physicist. Um, I would also say study other disciplines and really make yourself a scientist. We have a shortage of Renaissance people, and by that I mean those from whom the new ideas come. And don't be afraid to take on roles in project management, business development, education, leadership, or ones that seem outside your scope. There's no such thing as outside your scope. Moreover, you don't know if you dislike or cannot do something if you've never tried it.
2: What does the future look like for the Women's Network Committee?
3: I envision a diverse global membership with members and leaders in every country. Uh, while we are women geophysicists, there's no ignoring the reality that the needs of, say, a female geophysicist in Saudi Arabia is different from that of one in China versus one in Houston, or a female geophysicist working on a seismic acquisition vessel or in the field versus one who is working on seismic interpretation in the office. We have to enable regional and need specific instances of the Women's Network. There will always be a center, a central committee to provide direction, strategy, and support, but one from which regional subcommittees can take the lead to serve their own specific problems and needs. I'd also like to see more student participation. I would love to see one nominee per chapter as a FEG at WNC representative. Again, we'll give them the support and materials to take back to their chapter, So then let them take it and run with it, and we'll see what happens. I think it's a great way to grow the next generation of movers and leaders. So if listeners are excited about the goals
2: and the vision you have laid out for the Women's Network Committee, how can they be involved in your efforts? Can
3: men be involved? So to SEG members and interested individuals, I would say educate yourselves on issues that face women in the applied geophysical profession. Believe us when we say there are problems and help us fix them for the growth of the SEG and the science. You're either an ally or you're not. It's it's really that simple. And of course men can be involved, and they are. It's why I use the word ally and consider Klaus Koster, John Bradford, Rocky Detomo, Matt Hall, And even Isaac Farley and yourself, to name just a few, as allies and feminists themselves. Feminism is nothing but equality, equality of access, acknowledgement, representation, pay. And if you think of it in those terms and support that, you're a feminist. Again, with that mindset of equality and progress, so many more good agendas can advance quicker. Especially now, given the current oil price downturn, decreased academic budgets, and the good people we're losing from our profession to retirement and layoffs, the Women's Network and the relationships we're forging are vital to the future of the SEG and Applied Geophysics.
2: Maitri, I appreciate you taking the time out to join me and for sharing your excitement for the Women's Network Committee. It's wonderful to have you on board and learn more about your work, efforts, and passion for women in geophysics in the SEG.
3: Thank you, Andrew, for having me on to co-host this episode. I also want to thank Sally Zinke and Klaus Koster for being champions of women in applied geophysics, each in their own way. And I hope to see you at the SEG Annual Meeting in Dallas, both at the Women's Network Breakfast on Wednesday morning and the networking event the night before, in which we'll be featuring posters of pioneering women in geophysics with material and help from the SEG Wiki. This has been a great pleasure, and I really look forward to more conversations.
2: At SEG.org slash podcast, you will find the show notes and links to the Women's Network Breakfast, the Wiki Meetup, and other information from the podcast. To take Kloss's advice and begin engaging the SEG community in person, join us at the 86th International Exposition and Annual Meeting in Dallas. Visit SEG.org slash AM to register today. Subscribe to Seismic Sound Off on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you to Maitri Irwin for serving as our special guest. Klaus Koster, Sally Zinke, and all those who caught in with your questions and stories, we appreciate it. To read more from Sally Zinke and the Women's Network Committee, check out the full Spectrum articles in The Leading Edge at library.seg.org. A special thank you to the SEG Wiki for sponsoring today's episode. Learn more at wiki.seg.org. This show would not have happened without the support of the SEG staff, including Isaac Farley, Dylan Furley, Mick Sweeney, and Lottie Bublitz original music created by Zach Bridges. Email us at podcast at seg.org or call us at country code plus one, 918-497-4627 with your comments and ideas for future shows. We would love to hear from you. Our next show will be an interview with Kurt Marford, editor of Interpretation. Thank you for listening. This is Seismic Sound Off, signaling off. Thank you from Poland. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much.
4: Thank you for the opportunity to participate in this podcast.
7: Hi, I'm Natalie Blythe, Assistant Editor for The Leading Edge. The Society of Exploration Geophysicists, founded in 1930, is a not-for-profit organization committed to providing high-quality educational networking and professional development resources to 24,000 members in 126 countries. To learn how you can become a member, visit seg.org.